The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good, everybody. Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrera of Niners Nation, and with me, as always, on Fridays, from Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. What's up, RJ? Rob, great to be with you. Stats, as you are known to some. Right now, I'm in a Rob mood, so it's great to be with you. Great to have The Look Ahead uh, cave. I feel like we live in opera out of a cave uh, with some more company. Three's company, so to speak. Yes, we are very happy to be joined by Kate Majuk of DraftKings Nation, who's who's graced us with her presence to help us along on this Friday. What's up, Kate? Oh, not much, guys. I'm ready to talk about some football. We've got some really big headlines coming into this this Friday show. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. I don't know that we're going to have time to touch on all these pressing topics. <laughs> Should we start with Madden? I don't like let's just dive on in, guys. This is this is big. This is news news season. Yes, the new Madden cover was officially announced today. Before we get to that, I just want to remind everybody if you haven't smashed the follow button on the SB Nation NFL show, please do so. We love ratings and reviews, five-star ratings if you don't mind. RJ, you saw a review that caught your eye before we press record. This came to us from Chiefs Fam 88. So this person, um, seemingly 32, 33 years old, I suppose, um, you know, and mem- a member of the Kansas City Chiefs family. Uh, the caption, Kate, says Espionation is tier one. I don't know who's on tier two. It is a five-star review, and it says come for the football, stay for the Bert and Ernie style banter. So, Kate, uh, you are the guest. I will ask you, uh, if Stats and I were Bert and Ernie, who would be who and why? Oh, gosh, that's a... That's a really tough question, though. I can say I can't say prepping the podcast over over the past uh, few few minutes with you guys as we were just prepping to hop on the air. Burton Ernie style banter is just so, so spot on. <laughs> I feel like we need to give this review a five star review because mm. I'm I'm really, really feeling that here. I don't know. God, I feel like I'm put on the spot here. Um, oh, oof. I feel like I have more of the Burt hair and RJ has more of the Ernie hair. Does that count? Like who has the longer face? I think is probably Definitely the stats. Question. Definitely okay. stats. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then I think we have our answer. 
It's okay. all about the face, right? Congrats, stats. Big big time compliment right there. <laughs> My face has been called much worse things, I assure it's been you. All long. Right. Speaking of bad things being said, we mentioned the Madden cover that came out. It was the cover for the MVP edition, RJ, and it featured Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, neither one of which is the reigning NFL MVP. I mean, right there, we're off the rails. Bit of a peek behind the curtain here. Stats and I are working very hard on a Madden-related show, uh, a specifically Madden-dominated uh, episode of The Look Ahead that we hope to roll out in the coming months. Um, and not in the way that you think, like, um, and Kate, I'm curious for for your thoughts here too, but... Um, this is fine. Cool. Like I, you know, I'm not a Chiefs fam member born in 1988, but I was born in 1989. Uh, so I did grow up obviously with Madden, like all of us and everyone around, like everybody loves Madden. And it used to be so awesome. Like it used to be incredible when it was a legitimate game. And I am not uh, this like hardcore gamer. I, you can ask all my friends hate me. I don't play, uh, you know, call Call of duty. Duty. Yeah. I'm not call of duty. I don't play. Uh, I wasn't a Fortnite guy. I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, I'm, I am exclusively a sports game dude. I play Madden. I play FIFA. I play PGA 2k NBA 2k when it's out. Sometimes I'll get wild and play NHL. And so like Madden means a lot to me. And I really could care less. Actually, I could not care less is the expression I was looking for. Who's on the cover? Because this game stinks. <laughs> Do you, either of you know what their meta score was last year? What no. is a meta score? I'm not 100% certain because, because I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not like a, a, a hardcore gamer, but I have a buddy who is. Uh, and so this is like a, an objective measurement of how high quality a game is. It was a 63 uh, the user score, which I believe is 1 to 10, was a point two. Uh, <laughs> in case anybody is somehow unaware, the people at EA, who I am sure work very hard at their jobs, but they basically just copy-paste this game every year. And that's like watching the trailer for this game left me feeling the exact same way. Who cares? And like, here's the thing. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes have both been on the cover in the last like four years. And to your point, stats, it's the MVP edition that doesn't even have the MVP. It's all dumb. And I hate it. To be fair. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's got a few of his own issues right now. I don't know that he can handle a Madden curse. I feel like he's already got the Madden curse and he's be setting that onto the entire state of Wisconsin. You, you know uh, what, I, though, Kate, sorry not to cut you off. If I recall, um, Brett Favre was on the cover of Madden 09, yes. which was the 2008 season, which was the season that the Packers traded him away. And I only remember that because he was on the cover in his Packers uniform and they put like a, a version like I don't know if were PDFs a thing in 2008 because I yes. really don't know. But because I anyway. had it and I printed it out of him in the Jets jersey and, and you, I and you put, could it put it in, it in. The sleeve. Yes, that yeah. was me. I did that. Yeah. So to your point, Kate, I mean, maybe Aaron is now going to stay because if you're a Green Bay Packers quarterback who's fed up um, and you're going to play somewhere else, generally you are on the Madden cover. At least history would suggest that. I like it. I think we just solved it. <laughs> well, the game still sucks. Oh, the game still sucks. I mean, what are you going to do, though, when I, you have this this one company uh, that, I mean, they they don't really need to do anything to improve the game. They have all of the rights for the NFL football game. Like it, there's nothing, there's nothing they have really incentive to prove. Right. Cause you know what? 
every single season, there's folks lined up to buy the game. It doesn't matter what they do. I mean, the the NFL franchise mode, you just think of all the possibilities like that that we've come up with for our fake football leagues. Like fantasy football has uh, you know, just evolved so far from where it was, you know, 10 years ago, let's say. And I feel like NFL franchise mode should be keeping up with these fantasy football leagues. I see some wild stuff in the fantasy football Twitterverse. I feel like we could get more creative, but I mean, they don't have an incentive to to spend that money on all of that development. Because I mean, when you got exclusive rights, why put in that effort? This is what drives me nuts about it, though, is that and I get frustrated with this when it happens in sports and when it happens in life. They are insulting our intelligence, right? The two big features they announced were home field advantage is going to matter. It's going to affect the opposing quarterback, you know, the road quarterback. And, oh, we put assistant coaches back in the game. You can assemble a coaching staff. The problem with that is those were all features that we had in 2014 in the NCAA (laughs) video game. Like they haven't actually added any features it, it would be like if Jerry Jones said, okay, Dallas Cowboys, we're going to take all the passing plays out of the playbook. And they did. And they just ran it for years and they sucked. And then all of a sudden, Jerry Jones said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a play where instead of handing it to the running back, we're going to pretend to hand it to the running back. And instead <laughs> we're going to pass it and we're going to call it a run looky Lou. And I am now an offensive genius. And that is exactly what Madden is doing because they're claiming that these are new features when really they're features that we had six, seven years ago. Uh, First of all, stats, the Jerry Jones hypothetical you outlined happened in real life to Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, (laughs) So so just putting that on the record. Um, But I mean, you're right. Like it's and Kate, you're right, too. I mean, EA has a monopoly on this. And so it sucks. Like, you know, like, but all of these things are true. Can we like, get the it, government involved in some way? Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Yeah, I, I, I don't see why not um, at this point, because it's a it's a travesty. It really is. It's so upsetting that like and here's the thing. I I don't know that I would buy the game or not. But to Rob's point, I, I would care less, I guess, or be less upset if they just told me, you know what, we're going to put this back instead of like hyping it up, like, guess what? This thing you could do seven years ago, you're going to be able to do it again. I mean, like, I mean, it's 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 so like the trailer is literally advertising all new things. Jalen Smith is wearing number 54 in the trailer that literally is advertising all new things when he switched to number nine this offseason. And that's a super tiny microscopic detail but it is in its own self emblematic of how little attention the developers pay to the game. Like how, how much effort would it have been to go just change his number? You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have been that at all. I mean, I'm not a video game designer, so I can't like confidently say that, but I feel like if, if you had one game to build every year related to the NFL, it would kind of be an easy thing to do. I completely agree with you. And the fact that they didn't change that. I mean, if the, if the story came out tomorrow that said, we, we have leaked documents that show that EA Sports actually used all game footage from last year's Madden in the trailer. Would that stun you at all? Like, we would never know. I, I don't know how this gets fixed. I guess to both of your points, there has to be some sort of competitor, which was the case before EA obtained all the rights to the NFL. Um, but what bothers me 
is that there's all this hype, right? Like, and people, (laughs) people fall for it. And like, there's, there's all this like, Oh, what's going to be, you know, Trevor Lawrence's Madden rating. And then like people get upset about it. It's like, that's not the thing we need to be getting upset about. There are underlying massive details here that are wrong with this game. Who cares what Trevor Lawrence's rookie rating is? Just, you know, figure that out later. We'll, we got to get the game playable first because right now it's trash. Boom. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Let's cool off from the Madden hatred. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll get to some actual football discussion because Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears said something that has maybe not infuriated, but made all of us kind of do a little bit of a double take when it comes to quarterback Justin Fields. So we'll do that after the break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We're back here on The Look Ahead. All right, we talked about the Madden video game. We've all vented our frustrations And now we're all feeling a little better, a little calmer. And unfortunately, Matt Nagy doesn't like that. And he has come along and done his best to rile us up all over again with a couple of different things. One, he went on Chris Collinsworth's podcast and said that there was no scenario where Justin Fields could be the week one starter. Now, some people like RJ have said that if you go listen to the full thing, that he kind of couched it a little and it's not as bad as it seems. But, RJ, Matt Nagy wasn't done talking because, according to the Chicago Sun-Times, Nagy laid out the quarterback depth chart for the Bears. Andy Dalton, one. Justin Fields, two. Nick Foles, three. Which is fine, but here's the quote. He said, there will be a process and a plan. We will stick to that. That plan is not going to change tomorrow. That plan is not going to change in training camp. The plan is a plan, and it's been thought out. All three of those guys know that you need to produce and you need to play well. You need to compete and you need to be the best quarterback you can be. And then it's going to be really pretty easy for us to see who that is and how that goes. I don't have a lot of confidence in the Bears plan, Kate, when their plan originally was Mitchell Trubisky and then he sucked. (laughs) So they went and gave gave up a fourth round pick for Nick Foles and he was the plan. And then guess what? He sucked. And now they got Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. So how much confidence can you have in any plan coming from Nat Nagy and Ryan Pace? I'm going to go do a throwback to 1994 here, where Phoebe of my beloved show Friends was All right. sitting there and said, I don't even have a plus in reference <laughs> to a plan. And that is what I feel like. Matt Nagy doesn't even have a plus. It just, I'm sorry. You know what? This has to be 
the most stubborn man alive because we've been watching him execute offensive plays that don't work. We've been watching him just bullishly approach the way that he he gets these ideas in his head, and it's so infuriating to watch. I mean, the the brilliancy of coaching and being able to make uh, you know changes in the game plan. That's what makes you a good coach, and being able to analyze the situation there, making halftime adjustments. Like this is kind of like the halftime adjustment for Matt Nagy. He's down twenty, and we're only two quarters in. And he's like, no, I think we're good. Like, we got this. Like, I don't need to make an adjustment. That's that's crappy coaching, period. And you know what? You should be approaching this with a mindset. You know, like, I think there were just, there were ways that you could have said, yeah, like, we're coming in. Dalton's our guy. We, we signed him to be that guy. But we're going to give everybody an opportunity to be the one. We've heard great things about Justin Fields so far. I don't know why you're trying to bury him on a depth chart for literally no reason. What is the upside with Andy Dalton? There is none. So first of all, uh, fantastic friends reference, Kate, the one with Thank George Steph- the one with George Stephanopoulos is yes. the episode in question. Um, I remember this episode vividly uh, because in the Friends fictional universe stats, that episode took place on October 20th. Uh, Ross was celebrating a we'll call it a particular anniversary with his ex-wife at the time uh, at the New York Rangers game with Joey and Chandler. Kate, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but people do say that I look like Ross. I've gotten that um, for a majority of my life. So I fully believe it. Yeah. Everything went full circle here. Stats. You weren't part of it. It was just a special thing that Kate and I had. Sorry. Uh, But second of all, um, to uh, another pop culture point, I mean, a show that was nowhere near as good as friends, but Matt Nagy does need to make adjustments and go get it energized. Shout out to Maggie from how I met your mother, of course. Um, and I don't, but I don't, I'm not like panicked by this. I'm not saying that either of you are, but like Kate, you said buried on the depth chart. He's second, you know, like, he's, I mean, I, I'm sorry. You know what? So I'm going to consider Andy Dalton dead weight. And if I'm <laughs> under dead weight, I'm buried. Okay. But I just, I mean, I, I, it is annoying that he's going through the the standard, like, you know, for lack of a better term, like shaking hands and kissing babies of the offseason when you have a rookie head, uh, rookie quarterback. But this is this is it. Like, this is what you do. And for whatever dumb reason, I mean, every coach in this situation feels the need to do it. Uh, for what it's worth on the Collinsworth podcast, uh, Chris did ask Nagy about being in Kansas City when Patrick Mahomes was a rookie. And talk, everybody obviously knows how he's sad. He learned from Alex Smith. And to Nagy's credit, he said, look, this is not that. Andy Dalton has not been here as long as Alex was in Kansas City. Like, there's a lot of new things here. I think Matt Nagy's just, you know, he's laying up right now, you know. But but to your point, Kate, he's he's run out of time. Like, Matt Nagy needs to be going for it at every opportunity that presents itself. It's not the second quarter, Kate. That was the only issue I had with your analogy. It's <laughs> two minutes to go in the fourth, and he's down multiple scores. He's hanging on to his job by a thread. Justin Fields is the only reason he has a chance to maintain his status as head coach of the Bears. And to put him at second string is just absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense. And I can't help but wonder if all of this goes back to that stupid tweet that they put out with a picture of Andy Dalton that says QB1. I just wonder if Andy, they put that out there. They set the expectation. Andy Dalton saw that. He said, okay, I'm QB1. 
And now all of a sudden it's got thrown into the mix and they didn't want Andy Dalton to throw a hissy fit. And so this is the box that they've put themselves in. So is Kyle Shanahan is ill decided, ill divided? I don't know what word I'm saying. Is is Kyle Shanahan as as wrong as Matt Nagy is for not unquestionably saying that Trey Lance is his starter right now? Because there's an argument to be made that Jimmy Garoppolo is even worse than Andy Dalton. And so like entertaining any kind of He's a winning quarterback though. I mean, like, I, I mean, say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, and stats you could, is about to come for UK. Watch, watch you, out here. <laughs> you can say, I'm just saying, you could say anything you want about Jimmy Garoppolo, but he has one game. So at least he has that in his corner. I mean, Andy Dalton, he is literally a, he's a purgatory quarterback. So Jimmy is worse than that though. Like you're right that Jimmy's resume is nice, but if, if the, if the point at hand is like, you're putting somebody under dead weight. There's no question that Trey Lance is being put under that in Jimmy Garoppolo. Hold on. Hold on, though. Also, Kyle... Trey Lance hasn't played – he hasn't played football. Oh, in a now very she's down your time. quarterback stats. Oh, I my know. gosh. But they're not – you don't put them in the same box because Kyle Shanahan literally just said on a podcast last week that Jimmy is the starter right now, but if Trey gets in there and lights it up, he has no problem making him the starter week one. So Kyle like didn't – I feel like that's what Matt Nagy said, though. You know, like, ultimately, no, to your no, point, Matt- Kate, maybe he could have been prettier with the, the terminology that he used. But I I feel like that's the point. He, I don't think in any universe Matt Nagy has decided, I am never going to start Justin Fields this year. I'm going down with the Andy Dalton ship. Here's I think my he- issue, though. Here's my issue. You already have Andy Dalton, who is like territorially peed on the starting quarterback job like he is he has made his statement he's come out and said like i came here because they said i was the starter then you put up the tweet qb1 and then you say this in in otas you are setting yourself up for a very bad situation with andy dalton if you're worried about protecting his feelings this is probably the worst way you're ever going to do it you're burying yourself do any of us think that Matt Nagy had anything to do with the tweet? Like the tweet is the silliest part to me. Like, remember when the Cardinals tweeted support of Josh Rosen before they took <laughs> Kyler number one? Like the tweet yep. means nothing. And they and got it, killed it, for it. So what if they got killed? Matt Nagy isn't concerning himself with the tweet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to do the like, oh, some intern shot the tweet off. But somebody who is not Matt Nagy shot the tweet off. And that's fine. But if anything, culturally, this is not a Matt Nagy problem. The Bears have a warped way of going about this because they did the same thing to Mike Glennon, right? Like, come on over, be our guy. And then, boom, here's this rookie we're going to take, and now things are really awkward. And so I I think we all think it's inevitable that, you know, that Justin Fields is going to be starting sooner rather than later. I, if, if Matt Nagy wants to be nice to Andy Dalton in the meantime, I don't think that's the biggest flaw. He has a lot of other flaws that are much bigger. But it just speaks to the organization. And the lack thereof by Matt Nagy. He doesn't have everybody on the same page. He just doesn't. It's clear. Like, he's trying to make... a leadership issue. Right, exactly. It's a leadership issue. He's trying to make nice to Andy Dalton. I don't even know why, RJ. If Andy Dalton got cut tomorrow, would you you say that the Bears' win total is drastically different than what it would be if Andy Dalton was the starter for all 17 games? I don't think so. No, I I don't think that at all. But So then what do we have to be nice to this? Why do we have to take Andy Dalton out for an ice cream cone? 
I, I think we're only looking at it through that objective or through that lens, which um, is a nice term or a nice uh, analogy. I've never heard that before. Uh, it does have a, some like look at the flowers uh, sort of qualities to it. If you're a Walking Dead fan, that was a really uh, horrible moment in that show. But um, anyway, um, to get off of that tangent, maybe it's also, again, these are NFL head coaches, this you know, archaic, like we've got to make Justin earn the job, you know, like, and, and they, they want to, they don't want Justin to feel like he's being crowned. He's being anointed. Like maybe it is their total full intention. Like, do we, do we really think that Matt Nagy was going to go on Chris Collinsworth's podcast and completely outline his strategy for the season, including the most important decision that he has to make, which is who his starting quarterback is going to be. He just did. He just laid it out. Maybe he threw it. Maybe he threw us off the scent. That's what I'm saying. Like I can't, you know, I just, I, I think this is a little bit off seasony. This, this is a little bit like I can't believe what Matt Nagy said. Justin Fields, we all know, will start this season, and so, but it, it does have some shades of Bill O'Brien starting Brian Hoyer over Deshaun Watson, ultimately to yank him in Week One type thing. All right, I think that's enough about the Bears. Let's pivot now and go to a different topic. Shortly before we started a press record, a certain tweet started making the rounds, and it's got a lot of people fired up for a lot of different reasons. It comes from Cole Beasley, who was tweeting about his dissatisfaction with the Players Association. He wrote, quote, the Players Association is a joke. Call it something different. It's not for the players. Everyone gives me the 98% of people who are vaccinated don't get COVID again. The odds of me getting in the NFL and playing for 10 years are lower than that, and I'm here. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different ways we can go off of that tweet. To me, it's a prime example of the uphill battle that the NFL is facing when it comes to getting each team over the 85% threshold of vaccinations for to get all the restrictions lifted. It's There are many players, not just Cole Beasley, there are many players that feel similarly to this about the vaccine and feel very strongly in their beliefs. And I don't know at this point, Kate, I'll throw it to you. Like, I feel like most of the people on these teams that were going to get vaccinated are vaccinated by now. And I don't know how the teams or the league gains the last five yards, let's say, to get into the end zone. I don't know how you do it. And part of me wonders if we're sort of at at this standing still point until the season starts. Maybe, I mean, I, I can't speak to obviously their feelings regarding the situation, but I do think once we really see the tolls that, you know, these these unvaccinated players will face compared to their vaccinated peers, it's it's probably going to be really tough. Uh, unvaccinated players will be tested daily, have to wear masks in the facilities while traveling, have to self-quarantine after. Expo- I mean, they're literally doing the things that we've all been doing for a very long time. Not allowed to have social media, marketing opportunities, socially distancing during meals, not allowed to use your steam room or sauna, required to stay in your room for team hotel meals. It's just, I mean, it's, it's literally, it's what we've been doing, but I think once you are in the grind of the season and you see your teammates not having to abide by these restrictions, that's probably going to tip people more than any sort of education effort or anything. Cause I, I think they've been trying to do that. You know, 
doctors are coming into the facilities, giving education. But I think it's when you look at how is this going to affect me day to day and you have to face that reality, that's probably going to be the biggest tipping point, I think. Uh, Kate, you mentioned all the restrictions. That actually was the first tweet for Cole. He quoted Tom Pelissero's uh, information with all that and stats. I know you read it out on the Daily on Thursday. Cole said, and I think, look, Cole, Cole obviously is entitled to feel how he wants. I think in a literal sense, he's asking questions that are fair to ask out loud. Uh, he said, this is crazy. Do we vote on this? I stay in the, the hotel. We still have meetings. We will all be together vaccinated players can go out of the hotel and bring COVID back to where I am. So what does it matter if I stay in the hotel now? 100% immune with vaccination? No. Uh, I think the point is that those are questions that players have. Um, and to your point, Stats, I think that there's, there's a clear break in the NFL's attempt to educate players on different um you know, obviously pros to the vaccine. There was the Montez Sweat quote from last week that also took off uh, in different circumstances. And so, I mean, we're all talking about the life impact here, which is obviously something that is far more significant than the football of it. Um, But I mean, I I have to wonder if if there are going to be players who don't want to get vaccinated. The NFL has made it very clear that, you know, okay, you're going to have to go through all these restrictions and there are still, you know, hopefully not, but likely going to be positive tests. Um, Kate, I'm not sure uh, how big of a golf fan you are. I know stats isn't. Um, No, 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 no. Okay, but you don't you don't follow it the way I do. That's all I'm saying. You know, like you're not as obsessed about it as I am. So it's 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 my thing. And so uh, we're actually talking the week of the U.S. Open, the big big time deal, big time tournament, a major tournament. A couple of weeks ago, one of the favorites to win this tournament, John Rahm, who's the third ranked player in the world, was leading by six after Saturday's round at the Memorial. And literally finished, and I'm sure you both saw this, many people saw this, literally finished his Saturday round and was about to be in cruise control to win on Sunday and found out that he tested positive. And he literally had to withdraw from the tournament with a six-stroke lead on Saturday. And so, I mean, is is that hypothetical not possible? Like, again, the the matter of the life impact is so much more important than the football impact here. But it is possible that Cole Beasley or whoever, if they are not vaccinated, could be in a John Rom type situation where, you know, the Bills or whoever are going into some important game or a playoff game and a test is positive and all of a sudden you're not available. That is the thing that I feel like I don't know if enough people have talked about. And if they if I've missed it and it's been discussed, that's on me. But there is just a a real tactical advantage to reaching that 85 percent threshold that's going to show up. You're going to be, you know, have less restrictions. Your team's going to be able to be around each other more like Mike McGlinchey for the 49ers right tackle. Really struggled last year, had a lot of issues. There were multiple plays where he was literally getting blown up and knocked on his back by defensive backs, players that were 100 pounds lighter than him. He naturally got a lot of criticism for that. Fans were not happy with him. Well, because of the COVID restrictions and because the 49ers got kicked out of San Francisco and were in Arizona, he literally couldn't leave his hotel room. And so what he did was he went down that rabbit hole and started going on social media and was reading all the criticism about him. And he said, It really got to him. It got in his head. It messed with him. It affected his play on the field. If your team doesn't have those restrictions, Mike McGlinchey is not as likely to be in that situation. Maybe he's hanging out with another teammate more who says, hey, man, don't worry about that garbage. Keep your head up. I got you. Let's go look at film. Let's do this. Let's do that. 
there are going to be real tangible advantages, I think, that teams have if they can get over the threshold. And right now, according to Pro Football Talk and Albert Breer of SI.com, there are only two teams that are over that threshold, the Saints and the Miami Dolphins. And so I'm interested to see, like, of the playoff teams, how many of those teams reach that threshold. Because I think you're going to see this year the teams with the best records are going to have be the teams with the most vaccinated players. That'll definitely be fascinating to see how that rolls out. I would love to, I can't wait to see the data, honestly. Like I would never want to skip through an NFL season. Of course, that is the, that is the point of, of all of this work we do leading up to it. But I, I would love to see just a deep dive into these numbers at the end of the season in regards to the vaccination status. Cause it's, I mean, it's, uh, I'm going to, tie this back to fantasy football because uh, fantasy football is my thing. But I mean, a- availability is like 99% sometimes of uh, just getting those points. Like you you need a player on the field before you're able to, uh, you know, take that, take that next step and advance to the playoffs. And you, you just need, you need some warm bodies at some point. And if you're not, going to vaccinate if you're not going to meet those thresholds you are going to need to uh, even if it's not a positive test there how many situations did we see come up last season with either a false positive and exposure it all of that takes you out of the game I know we all have our own personal beliefs on everything and certainly when it comes to this and um, I think we all agree that it's unfortunate how politically charged this subject is because like I said, Cole, and I, I think you both agree, Cole Beasley is certainly entitled to to think what he wants, feel what he wants, ask what he wants, say what he wants, and ultimately decide what he wants. Um, but, you know, it was about a month ago he had, you know, a string of tweets about this subject. And, you know, the the subject or the context of it turned really volatile really quickly. And so, you know, Cole Beasley seemingly here can't even express doubt without being overrun by, you know, people who believe a certain thing. And again, you know, people are always, you know, able to and, you know, allowed to advocate for whatever they believe. But I, I think that that's that's a really unfortunate layer to this is that Cole Beasley can't even think out loud, you know, for himself to get to whatever conclusion he's ultimately going to get to because everybody wants to just drag him on Twitter for it. Um, that doesn't help anybody ultimately. And it, it just it leads to the the gunk that is all of this in, in one sense. I agree. But I think the the frustrating thing for me is that Cole Beasley shouldn't be having these discussions on social media. He should be having these discussions with the experts, either from the league or that the team brings in so that he can get those questions answered. That's the, I think, and I haven't read all the responses to the tweets, so I don't know. But to me, because what happens is if he has the discussion on social media, like you said, people that disagree are going to come at him and they're going to come at him hard. All that's going to do is make him dig his heels in even further to his position. It's not going to convince him. Whereas I feel like at least if you talk to an expert, you have a chance of number one, you have a much, much better chance of actually getting information and answers to your question. And number two, when you get those answers, you may change how you feel about it. But if you're just doing it on social media, that's not going to get that's not going to help anybody get anywhere. It's like talking into an echo chamber. Right. 
No, I mean, and similarly to this time last year, you know, we were all, you know, sitting at home, you know, self-isolating, self-quarantining, watching the NBA, you know, have its bubble, the NHL have its bubble, and all these other leagues, you know, making their attempts at, at finishing their seasons. And we, we all said, okay, the NFL has the benefit of time that that none of these leagues had. The, the NFL gets to watch all these other leagues in, in the sense of putting a product on the field, on the court, whatever, um, and, and see the flaws, see what didn't work, see what worked really well and, and adjust. And they, they did to some degree and to their credit, but they also didn't, right? Like there was a lot that went wrong, you know, in the NFL's hands when it came to COVID last year. And similarly, you know, to that conversation, the NFL has an opportunity now to see how other leagues are dealing with positive tests at important moments. Look at Chris Paul and, and the Phoenix Suns right now. I mean, that could that could happen. Look at John Romp with, with the PJ Tour. Like, that could happen. And so if you're the NFL, you have what you had last year. You have the benefit of time to assess, to anticipate, to come up with the best, most practical, most logical ways to handle these situations, however unfortunate they are, if they do ultimately come up. And to your point, stats, a lot of it ultimately does start with education. I just don't know how they they get that extra five yards and get get the teams into mm. the end zone. Like, and I I agree. Like what Kate brought up with fantasy football, you know, I sure as heck would like to know if the quarterback I'm about to draft has been vaccinated because yeah, that's going to impact who I'm going to pick. And as sports betting becomes more and more popular, I feel like the public is going to feel like they have a right to know because they're placing their money down on these people. Right. Like you want if, if I'm betting on a team that is over the 85 percent threshold, I feel a hell of a lot better than that than I do betting on a team that, you know, maybe is on the lower end of that spectrum. So there's all this like stuff, all these factors that go into the pot here that the NFL has to consider. And I, I don't know what they can do because ultimately they cannot force any human being to get some injection that they don't want to get. So I, I think this is where we are. It's just such a rabbit hole. Uh, I'm thinking of this. I, I am a nurse by trade and thinking about just like the, the ramifications for HIPAA and, and health privacy. And I mean, God, it's, it's such a ticking time bomb from every single angle. Uh, definitely going to be something interesting to watch as the, the off season continues to roll out. Are we going to get more information on, just through like, because aren't we going to know who's got a quarantine, who doesn't just through just the general reporting of the NFL? Won't that just eventually kind of suss itself out? Or am I am I wrong on that? I mean, I don't think, you know, to the hypothetical call laid out, I don't know that we'll know, you know, players X, Y and Z are in the hotel, you know, whatever, are stuck in the hotel, quarantined in the hotel, are rooming together because they're not vaccinated. I, I think it'll be pretty limited. Um, I think the only time it will get out is, is kind of the way it did last year when a player is on the practice report as, you know, out for the day for quarantining for, um, you know, being a close contact. I mean, I think that's the only time it ever really reveals itself. Well, but not only that, but if you are unvaccinated and you are seen in a high risk area, like a club or a bar, you can be fined up to $50,000 by the league. So yeah. So, and everybody has a camera now, like if you're out in a bar, someone's going to find you. And so if, if we start seeing guys get fined, we'll know that way too. That's true. Um, I mean, the NFL 
obviously polices itself in a number of different ways. Like that will be interesting, right? To see how the NFL does that, how they prove things, how they, you know, are they, because like, are they going to launch an investigation into everything? Like the way they do other situations? Like, is, <laughs> is it, no, like, I mean, I know your, your, your point and I'm not trying to make it that to be silly, but like, is a, is somebody's tweet, you know, of Rob Stats Guerrera at, you know, uh, the saloon, that's the, you know, arbitrary hypothetical bar you went to um, <laughs> is uh, is uh, is like a photo of you standing there enough to like justify finding you fifty thousand dollars. Like you know, what yes. if you say, what, but no, but what if like how can you prove that that's you? You know what I'm saying? Like obviously some things are a little bit more provable than others, but my point is like unless you have a full fleshed out you know like you know Sherlock Holmes level investigation here. I don't know that that like that's a slippery slope in in just a procedure way, but that's something the NFL has never really been bothered by before. Look, when that picture comes out of me in the saloon drinking my <laughs> sarsaparilla, I'm going to be fifty grand. I'm going to be out fifty grand. That's it. That's the fines are coming down. Rogers dropping the hammer. Yeah, make sure you wear your biggest belt buckle to the saloon. <laughs> by the way, and my ten. Do either of you own a ten gallon hat? I do not. No, but I I feel like I should buy you one just for this experience. I bet you he owns one, Kate. What, what do you mean you bet I own one? Why, <laughs> what, what vibe do I give off where you're like, that's a 10-gallon hat guy? It's a 10-gallon kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, I could see like you having like an event in college, you know, where it was like Western Day or something, Western Assless Night. and chaps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All chaps are assless. Shout out once again to friends. Uh, but, you know, where, where you bought like some boots and you went out and you had a good time. And you, I could see you getting one of those like cheesy holsters for your beer. You know, like that's the Rob way. I, I could definitely see that happening. No, here's the thing. The, to bring this full circle. In college, you know what I was doing when everybody else was at those parties? I was in my dorm playing Madden. Ah, <laughs> You were updating the rosters. I swear to God, I was and continue to be a giant loser. If you've got the chaps going on, you know, <laughs> your stock is on the rise at the very least. Uh, but but yeah, so I don't know how we got on the 10-gallon the hat subject. I do have a Stetson, but it's more of like a safari hat than uh, than like a 10-gallon hat. Why do you have a safari hat? Well, it's it's for golf. I I love golf. Obviously, it, it's you know to keep my neck you know pr- protected from the sun. Sorry that I acknowledge the sun is a powerful thing and want to protect myself. Hold it. You said safari hat. You look like the hunter from Jumanji, like that kind of hat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like it's not like you know like snakeskin or leather, uh, but it looks like you know. And it, this one's actually really cool. Um, oh, has, his is it, really cool. It, it, it has like a. <laughs> My parents got it from me. It has like um like a, a material within the fibers that wards off mosquitoes. I'm telling you, man, like this is a legit hat. And it, when it's really I would just hot, be wearing that every night in my backyard. Exactly. <laughs> like when it's hot outside, I'm nice and cool and I'm not getting bit on my neck. And that's an important thing. Uh, they're not messing with me in my putts. Okay, I think we're leaving it there with RJ's putts. That's going to do it for this edition of The Look Ahead. We remind you, if we haven't scared you off by now, please smash the follow button on the SB Nation NFL show. If you leave a question in a review, like say how you found the SB Nation NFL show or how the hell RJ goes out of the house with a cool, quote unquote, Stetson hat with neck protection, we'll answer on the Or what your favorite episode of Friends is. Kate, what's yours? Oh, gosh. It's the one where Ross got high. Ooh. 
I feel like that's the the most underrated Friends episode of all time. You cannot talk about Friends without talking about uh, the beef trifle. And I, I wasn't supposed to put beef on the trifle. It, it's just, <laughs> it's it's all classic. I love it. Mm. Okay, that's a good answer. All other answers are incorrect. What about the quiz episode? The one with the embryos. Stats. Ah, overplayed. Overplayed. Stats. Yeah, seriously, dude. Be more mainstream, man. I mean, seriously. My favorite superhero is Superman. And my favorite food is yeah. steak. And my favorite drink is Coca-Cola. That's all 100% accurate, <laughs> by the way. There's a reason every ice cream store sells chocolate and vanilla. Because they're good. All right? And that's all I'm saying. I'm leaving it there. Good day, everybody. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. And we will be back next week.